everyone. This episode is getting released on a Wednesday, so happy Wednesday. Today we have Aaron Erickson on the podcast. Aaron Erickson and I used to spend a lot of time together in high school, way over complicating school projects and hanging out in her basement. And although we could probably share some stories from those days, we'll actually be uh, chatting about some of her entrepreneurial endeavors. After some schooling, Erin moved out to Hawaii and then California, found her passion for innovating and creating, helped start a magazine, worked on some cool consulting jobs, and conceptualized her own business to help other small business owners. So I hope you all enjoy this laid-back conversation about how stepping out of your comfort zone can actually lead to some pretty sweet opportunities. Enjoy! Okay, let's kick this thing off. Also, okay, Aaron made us amazing cocktails, so you need to explain what you have here. This is actually so good. I'm, like, going to need a recipe. Well, if we, um, if I post this to Facebook and any of my Lokito people uh, hear this, sorry, not sorry, but... <laughs> you stole the recipe. I mean, you know, it is and it isn't, but <laughs> it's, what is it? It's neither here nor there. Yes. Um, so I lived in California before this, and my first bartending gig was at this really fancy restaurant um, called Loquita. I remember seeing pictures of it. Yeah. And I, like the bar, I was like, wow, I would like to have a cocktail like, there. I had to wear a chef's coat, you know, yes. and we had all fresh squeezed everything. Like, yeah. you know, it was four to five ingredient cocktails with your handmade yeah. garnishes. Like, just stupid, but really Tasty. fun. Like. 100% pretentious because we're between, you know, Montecito and, well, we're in Montecito. You so were like, attracting the uh, the crowd with the, the elite fancy. The elite. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like, they filmed an episode of The Hills there. You know, oh, okay. Josh Holloway, he, um, from Lost. Oh, I know who. Okay. Yes, he yes, lives yes, in Goleta. Yes. So, like, he's in Santa Barbara. He's a regular. Okay. Uh, Natalie Portman's a regular. Like, Ooh. yeah, like okay. casual. Yeah. Um, but, like, that stuff is just kind of fun. But Santa Barbara's the spot that, okay. like, there's a lot of celebrities and it's kind of run like a small town. It's like, hey, we don't bother them. Right. Granted, right. when I'm in the bathroom and I see Natalie Portman, I'm like, <laughs> wait, you have actually seen her? Yeah. Oh my God. See, Erin, yeah. this is actually, I was gonna, um, uh, Jason Straub and I will like catch oh, yeah. up every once in a yeah. while and I was like I need to have him on to talk about like LA stuff because like if I yes. were out in California Santa Barbara LA wherever Diego, yeah I don't think I could not be a fan girl like yeah and like okay I, I remember hearing like one of my first weeks there I remember hearing Rob Lowe's voice and I'm like there's Rob Lowe. Where's like, Rob Lowe? Like, and I'm like, no, Aaron, it's cool. Like, people are cool here. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know. I would it's a not state of be, mind. I would not be cool. So I, like, I, I think you would. I feel like you'd hear it and, like, we'd just get in the car or something and then scream. Yes. Because I've definitely done that, too. I'm like, <gasps> but... Anyway, wow, this all started with a cocktail recipe. Oh, yes, I'm yes. sorry. No. I have ADD to the max, so just, like, I was retract. No, I was following you. Yes, <laughs> yes. The wonderful um, cocktail that we dr are drinking is... It is called a Palomita, and if you're ever in Santa Barbara, go to Lokita. Okay. It's a uh, little crazy girl in Spanish. Ooh. So it's a Spanish tapas place. Okay. And, um, yeah, beautiful place to work. But, yeah, so it is essentially a... It's a Paloma and a Margarita put together. Okay. So make a margarita, add grapefruit juice, and Aperol. Yum. And that's what it is. And it is incredibly tasty. It's <laughs> also very aesthetic. We've got like, yeah. we've got our mason jars with a pink beverage and a round lime. Yes. So. I did do the lime wheel. I was cutting the lime yes. like, oh, you know what? This is not a wedge no, drink. No, no. It's a wheel drink. <laughs> it's a wheel drink. It is incredibly refreshing. <laughs> Maybe this will be like my new summer drink. Yeah. Have you actually tried, we're going down on a Let's lot of this. tangents, but these are important <laughs> topics. Have you ever had a, um, it's a seltzer, but it's called Mamitas? No. It is the tequila version of a high noon. Oh, okay. So instead of like a vodka soda. Yes. So like a tequila soda or thing, whatever. Yeah, it's tequila soda. And I have heard, like, everybody is like, yeah. this is the 2021 summer drink. Goodness it sounds gracious. so good. We've so. come so far from Four Loco. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much classier, too. You want to yeah. know what, though? Part of me, 
like when I go to 1062, mm-hmm. if I order a high noon, part of me feels like, mm, this is like my high school days Mike's Hard Lemonade. A hundred percent. So I'm like, yes, can, can, I, can I be 27 and order a high noon? But they are damn refreshing. They are. And so. I actually, my favorite, not sponsored yet, Crook and Marker. Oh, wait, what's the... um. What's the blue? What it, what flavor is in the blue can of so those? So I, I don't know the blue one because okay they have their seltzers. Yep. But what I first had were their teas. Oh, and I, there's oh my gosh, their spike. So ten sixty two had their spiked tea. Okay, before which I was like what? So the peach one, it's like literally a peach ring, but Ooh. with alcohol and refreshing. Yes, and then they have seltzers and they have margaritas now. Zero okay. sugar. Um. I don't know if it's zero calories or whatever. It's like zero Man. sugar, zero calories, infinity taste. And yeah. I'm like, whatever. But it's actually really good. <laughs> I will have to try those. I, yeah, I'm, I was very like not, I was like anti-White Claw. Yes. For a while. And then I'm like, Ain't damn, no seltzers are really getting good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I had tried someone, whatever the blue one is, I yeah. think it's like coconut and something. Yes, I think you're right. I think it is coconut. Okay. Yeah. And I forget, yeah, I forget what the other flavor is, but I'm like, this is very refreshing. So I think we've determined we're having a summer full of um, yes. golfing, tasty, tasty cocktails drinks. inspired by star yeah. driven restaurants in Santa Barbara. Yeah. And that's just what... 2021 it's a, summer is going to be. It's a hot girl summer. It's a hot fedora summer, yes. Josh, as Josh would say. Mm. Um, that's what we're going for. I think for you and I, instead of a hot girl summer, <laughs> it's going to be like, mm, like home renovation girl summer. Home demo summer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Aaron and I spent, like, we could have recorded a whole episode <laughs> on, like, home ownership prior to yes. this. <laughs> yeah. But we talked about um, California a little bit. Yeah. So let's backtrack because... What year did you move to California? Um, I want to say it's 2015. Um, I, I ballpark my last year. So I'm like, I was yeah. there for five years. I was. I was. Um, I kind of, I'll extend the story a little bit. I went to college, <laughs> mostly. I'm one class short of a degree. So if any of the three wow. colleges I'm about to mention want to shoot me that bachelor's degree, I'm all in. <laughs> Aaron, like you get a formal formal email. Uh, we heard a, a, a recent podcast episode, podcast. and we will be crediting you the the credits that you yeah. need. Your diploma is coming in the mail. Mara Simonson is an incredible MC. No, yeah. <laughs> but so I started at Taylor University in Indiana, uh, middle of nowhere. I started the golf team there. Yes, I remember. So that. first time I picked up a club, I was a senior in high school, and I was horrible. Um, but it was fun. I learned to love the game, and then I had uh, already chosen my school early on, like fall of senior year. I was accepted to Taylor. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they title nine women's golf, and so I naively emailed the coach and was like hey, uh, I just learned how to golf. Like, I really suck at it, but I just want to, like, be a manager or something. And he's like, I'll put you on the roster. And I'm like, oh, no. Okay, perfect. So over the year and a half that I was there, I actually improved. I'm happily a bogey golfer. Um, but yeah, a golfer. he, <laughs> I'm a bogey golfer, but he, uh, he really taught me a good swing. And, um, yeah, yeah so I just, it feels good to play golf and, like, have that in my back pocket. So mm-hmm. Taylor University, Great little little place. Um, if I got anything out of it, it was golf. I'm happy to keep doing that. Check. On to the next one. No. <laughs> so I was like, Mom and Dad, I want to quit school. They're like, you're not quitting school. I'm like, fine. So I transferred to their alma mater, which was Wheaton College in mm. Chicago, just outside of Chicago. Um, I transferred in the spring semester. I did the whole summer camp thing in the summer. And I did a fall semester. And I'm like, people, I'm leaving. <laughs> so I finally quit. Um parents were not happy but long story short i have family friends in maui who own a photography business and they're like hey your mom told us you quit school and we know you're a photographer like let's let's hire you and i'm like okay so i think i just turned 21 um yeah something like that (laughs) and i was i wanted to go be an au pair in switzerland i wanted to get as far away 
from my family, from this this state, this town, everything that yeah. I knew, just to Over just to, yeah, be independent. So I'm like, well, where am I going to do that? <laughs> Europe, obviously, Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, done, and um, and then I was like, fine, fine, I'll stay in the states, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get as far away as I can. Oh, and I, then I'm going to go to paradise. So that's great. So I, uh, within like a month, I moved out to Maui. Um, got my first, you know, apartment all by myself. I was about half a mile from the beach. I worked um, in Wailea in a few of the nice hotels. Like, it it was a dream. That is um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty yeah. cool. But, yeah, so I was only there for about six months. Um, one of my clients hired me out to Santa Barbara to be a marketing director at a baseball company. Okay. So very small, little niche company um, called MVP Baseball. And they – exist yeah (laughs) (laughs) they exist to help uh high school baseball players gain exposure to get scholarships for college okay so they function a little bit differently than most like travel teams all their kids kind of came around like from all around the country and met up at like for the first time ever at a tournament so all these kids are playing at a showcase and they've never played together before really interesting and it worked um so i was hired to be a marketing director but i was like a glorified babysitter and um yeah and like communications liaison between you know uh coaches that swear at me and like I'm the only female in the industry like really positive culture yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well okay so like it wasn't it really wasn't that bad it I ended up working like 70 hour weeks though I had just moved to Santa Barbara I didn't know a soul outside the office my Boss is in his 60s. My only other employee there is late 40s, early 50s, and lives in Ventura, which is like half an hour south. Mm. And there's there's no one else. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and it was okay. probably like, it was a newer concept, right? So it was well, very like, kind of like, you yeah. got to grind this out and, and kind so of they make had it existed. Good. They had existed for a while. Okay. But he, I could tell, I was like, oh, this is why you don't have employee retention. But he prided himself in that because he was like, if you can work for me, you can work for ever, anyone. Mm. And and I will say, I did write him a letter. He, I said, thank you, Harry. Like, you yeah. actually did. You gave me the confidence and the strength to, like, that that resilience that I needed to yeah. then be independent in business, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, yeah, he, fair enough. Be proud, Harry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I did get to do some cool things. I got to lead a trip to Cuba um, right when the embargo was lifted. We were planning it beforehand, and then it was lifted, like, on our way there, essentially. Nice. But, um, I mean, like, over. within within that process from planning to going. Yeah. <laughs> it just made it a little easier. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, – the whole time there, I – traveled the country to do to help with these showcases and any kid that didn't have a parent accompanying them I would was responsible for um (laughs) yes (laughs) but it wasn't you know I loved people I loved traveling it was fun Mm -hmm. Cuba was incredible um and then yeah so other things in the office that I learned too oh he (laughs) this is kind of where I think my my pivot is that I've realized in upon reflection yeah um that Harry my boss one day was like Aaron I need a flyer. And he had like this graphic designer, quote unquote graphic designer, who was, like, I don't know, in her 50s. And like, I don't know. Like, Just putting images together. Casually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like what do you call those when you cut things out of magazines and then put it together? Oh, yeah. Like, you know. I don't know. A collage. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Except she did it on the computer. <laughs> it, it didn't look good. <laughs> oh, no. So he was like, oh, my designer can't do this right, Aaron. I, can you make me a poster? I just, I'm a yes man. I said, yeah, I'll make you a poster. I'm like, hello, Google. Like, let's make a poster. Yeah. And he's like, I have Photoshop. And I'm like, great. Do you know the learning curve for Photoshop or any Adobe product that you've never looked at uh-huh. before? It's impossible. I don't even, yeah, I don't <laughs> even touch anything Adobe. I'm yeah. like, this is out of my... Right. So I like forced myself to learn it and it, it took me a few days, but I was like, here, Harry, I'm so proud of this poster. And it actually wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, perfect. Great. Like he, he couldn't have cared less. I'm like, whatever. And I'm like, okay, this designing thing's kind of fun. And yeah. so I just kept learning and, um, learned how to use a few different products in the suite. And I was like, okay, like I like this. And I, so I got the confidence doing that there, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just worked to the bone. Um, it really was 70 hour weeks. And I was yeah. like, I'm just ready to throw in the towel. Yeah. But I was miserable because I was like, I don't want to move back home. Like, I will be a failure if I move back home. I can't do this. Yeah. And uh, my parents like, well, 
it will help you go back to school if you can transfer into Westmont. <laughs> so, so far I've been going to these small uh, liberal arts Christian colleges. They're yeah. all part of the CCCU. Okay. And so all my credits transferred to each of these colleges, which nice. is great. Yeah. So I went and applied. I think I got 100, 100 credits transferred in. Um, I did the first fall semester and I, now I'm, you know, 22 and older than everyone that I, my peer, even though it's minor, yeah, you're still older than your peers. And like, now that I've been in the workforce, it, there's you, so many things. I'm it's sure so hard you to go back. you're like, oh, I know so much more than what well, I'm trying to be taught here. Yeah. Or yes. And I'm just like, I understand the principle of learning this stuff, yeah. but like, I don't want it. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm no longer going to use this. This is stupid. How am I ever going to apply this in what I've been doing? Like right. in the last, yeah. And it was interesting. Don't get me wrong. Like I love to learn, but I hate it in the classroom. And mm-hmm. so I finished one semester and I'm like, mom and dad, like, I'm sorry. Thank you, but no thanks. I just, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And they're like, just Aaron, one, like, just stick it out. And I'm like, all right, please all right, finish <laughs> college. Yeah. Please. They're like, fine. So I, um, my advisor, it was, it was an odd, the schools run differently than any other college I had been to. Mm-hmm. It was a faculty run school instead of, so, so normally you have your registrar which everyone fears. Yep. So you have your department, you have your advisor, you kind of say, hey, check, 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 I can do this. And then like, if it's something special, the registrar has to go sign off on it. Mm-hmm. So that was like my MO at Taylor University. I was like, I can do this. And she's like, yeah, yeah, okay, you can go, go ask. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And I get here and they're like, oh no, like you have to talk to each department, blah, blah, blah. Get all- I'm like, what? In the-, the registrar, I'm like, what? What are you getting paid for? Yeah. I was like, what are you doing here? You're a glorified librarian. Like, get out. I, I was so, I, I was irate yeah. <laughs> for a little while because I was like, this is stupid. I'm not trying this hard yeah. to get a degree if, you know, if this is what it is. If you I just ha- want my money. If I have to jump through all these hoops. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I don't care where I get it from. I was like, mom and dad, I'm going to go online and I don't care. And yep. so anyway, um, I got this advisor who was a history professor. I was like, what? And she had started this, um semester in downtown uh, it was a downtown campus technically okay and it was a semester in social entrepreneurship so this is what really like launched I guess my career I can't yeah. I feel like I can't use that word though no it definitely but <laughs> yeah so it was a small cohort of like 13 students in my semester and we met I think it was once a week we had class we had like a three-hour lecture and some other things to do and maybe a few other like night classes and we could take one or two electives Mm -hmm. during that time. Um, And then the rest of it, we had to do, I think, 20 hours a week of an internship. And that was part of our grade as well. Um, So, yeah. So the first part of the semester, we... Um, it was set up to learn about ourselves. So it's like, mm. all right, you're going to deep dive. Like, who are you? Why are you the way that you are? You know, what do you want to get out of life? Ooh. What are your strengths? What are your passions? Like, those are the answers, the questions you answered, yeah. you know? And and that, right now you're thinking like, oh yeah, that would have been nice to know. Yes. Yeah. Also, it's like, in what way would you have done that in an like without structure like right. it's not like you as a 22 year old no. are like I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna really do some deep reflecting on what yes. my passions are no so like, it's very cool you have to that. be prompted you have to be in a safe environment where you can really explore those things where you can yeah. fail without having too much to risk mm-hmm. you know all of these things and I'm like oh my gosh so Rachel Winslow she is like a, a mom to me or I guess more of a peer. I don't know. Her her family, uh, we're very close to still. Yeah. And so she's the professor who, who started all this. And it's just like, I sing this program's praises and her praises because yeah. everyone needs to have this. Yeah. It's experiential learning. It's just non-traditional in the best sense of the word. And it, I mean, it's customized, but like everyone kind of fits into there because there's no mold. Like mm-hmm. one of the favorite, my favorite things she taught was brainstorming. Like we took an hour or two like in our then we had smaller cohorts of like four or five people and um she put like a big piece of paper on a board and was like okay um choose our next uh off-campus program and i'm sitting here like this dumb like mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. like oh we're going to egypt oh we're gonna go here and i was like screw it like she's like think bigger like no she's she keeps stressing she's like there are no wrong answers there's nothing too far like i was like fine screw it we're going to the moon and she's like yeah and I'm like, okay, guys, we're on the right track. And, like, it was really fun. Yeah. And so that was, like, a huge light bulb in my head, too. And this is what I teach a lot of my clients, actually. I'm like, you should understand the process of brainstorming. Mm-hmm. 
Because then you understand yourself, you understand your business more, and you understand what you can actually do. Like, yeah. so you start at the top and say, okay, great. What are the logistics of getting to the moon and having class on the moon? Like, we need oxygen. Okay, we, you know, yeah. so you start to like think practically about a grandiose idea. Yeah. And um, that was probably one of the, the best things I learned there. I mean, there are tons of stuff. I guess that one just really sticks out to me. And then um, I also, my internship was with, um, on the ground floor of a co-working space. Mm. So Santa Barbara, pretty small in the scheme of things. I think it's like a town of 30,000. And I don't know, I think there was one co-working space that was started a year or two before, but not well known. Um, Also, I think that was the time, is this still like... 2016-ish, 2017? Because I feel like that's around the time when um, that was kind of... I, don't, I forget like when WeWork was becoming I was going to say WeWork, yeah. But I feel like at least around that time is when, in, as in my recollection, like that was becoming yeah. an actual thing where it was right. like, oh, like, it, you know, you have a space where independent contract yes. entrepreneurs can come together and like brainstorm, but still have like a concrete office. Yes, exactly. And mm-hmm. so WeWork, I mean, I, I think everyone knew that at the time and now it's kind of like, bye. Yeah. Which, yeah. hallelujah. Watch me be completely wrong and it'll be like the date of like we were kidding. It's peak <laughs> is going to be way off. But anyways. No, no, no. I had to do research on this. I mean, I think we were started in like 2006 or 2009. Um, I blame dyslexia on that. But, <laughs> which I don't have, sorry. One of those. But one of those uh, before 2010, let's just say. Yeah. And, um... And anyway, the guy who Adam something or other created this and it was a great idea. Um, and I don't think it really, I mean, it took off, it was national, whatever, but I don't think it really like made sense in, in the workforce's minds until about mm-hmm. 2015, 2016, when more people were working virtually, yeah. um, when larger corporations were like, oh, why are we paying for office space? You know, why are we paying for all this energy of running these computers when people are already paying for electricity at home? Like yeah. that kind of idea. So there's so much overhead that they can, you know, cut down on by having these people here. The pre-COVID forward thinkers in it, 2015. It right. Yeah. So like for you and I, we're probably like, oh, like, that virtual makes sense. We're like, our lives didn't change much. I mean, you're yeah. working from home, so whatever. But you knew about yes. co-working. And it's like, for me, having pretty much since college, always working remotely and co-working. And I'm like, yeah, and? I was like, y'all are complaining about this? Like, okay. Or or yeah. it's, it goes back and forth. And I'm, I'm also like watching people like, ah, I want an office now. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about how happy you are with your job. And and mm-hmm. let's talk about work ethic. And let's, you know, yeah. so there are all these other yeah. things that also I feel like I learned in this social entrepreneurship yes. class, which certain things are instilled and certain things are within your background. But then there are other things that you can learn about yourself and adapt and grow into because mm-hmm. um, you're aware of them now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so this was um, with the Impact Hub. So they're an international brand. Um, this one, God. Uh, so the impact hub is an international brand and they kind of have a franchise operation. And so they started impact hub in Santa Barbara and we had a great principal investor. And I mean, it was a gorgeous, we had, you know, a lot of good architects there. And they just made this incredible space. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I, I have to. I feel like yeah. co-working spaces mm-hmm. are the most, like, artistic, like, aesthetically yes. pleasing places. <laughs> and honestly, I'm sure this is obviously, like, the thought behind it. Yeah. But it makes you motivated being mm-hmm. in a space like that. Where it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be, like, I'm going to have creative ideas. Yes. I'm going to work harder. Or I'm going to, like, think outside the box just because you're in a place where, I don't know, it almost, like, cultivates that. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think that brings into like the the pinterest of the world you're pinning and you're yes. gramming and you're you know there's all that envy of those few people in the world that actually have the perfect space yes. and it's like oh but little did you know that's like a square foot in their office that actually looks like that yep so yep. yeah i think these places were like oh we're gonna be very aesthetically pleasing so people are just like wow this is lavish mm-hmm. and um, people share it off like from a marketing standpoint like look where i'm working well marketing and also networking i'm yep. like holy cow, like I can come in here and find every subcontractor I need to build my business. Like, yeah. Right. So, yeah. and then the way they did it too. So, you know, you come in, you can do a day pass. Um, you can pay per month and just do general co-working or you can have a designated desk or you can have a private office. So there's like different mm-hmm. levels and it's essentially a gym membership, but for work. Yep. And then you're part of this community. You can network with the individuals there. 
we had coffee, beer, and kombucha on tap. Like, how crazy can you be? Yes. And then, uh, like, an espresso machine and everything and local coffee. And, and then on Wednesdays, we had pizza night. So, you know, back in the courtyard, they make pizza. You know, we had outside co-working space where it, you could still have Wi-Fi. It creates, like, a community around it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so then they had community events and they brought in other people that weren't a part of the co-working space. And, um, yeah, so incredible idea. And Santa Barbara has just so many things to do and so many different types of businesses and causes that like you never ran out of (laughs) ideas so as a student um they were still kind of ramping up and I think just launching or had just launched um when I had started so they're like hey you do graphic design and I'm like yeah I'm an unpaid intern by the way um but okay and they're like yeah can you do some marketing for us or can you make some flyers and I was like yeah sure and that also really challenged me too because not only I was like I was a beginner in you know in in illustrate well actually I didn't even know illustrate at the time but like um in design and photoshop I was a beginner and I'm like yeah 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 of course I can do that Mm -hmm." let me go back and quick watch some youtube videos yeah give me a week so like four of those days I can spend learning and (laughs) but um but I loved that and so I had to to prove myself I had to present something I had to also match brand guidelines and like I learned so much and then I was able to give it to them and I'm realizing like okay they're like well we don't know anyone else that can do this for free um Mm -hmm. so yes and so I'm like okay what edits and they'll give me the edits and I'll go back and so I learned that whole process like very early on and individually like there was there's no one mentoring me in in design like and I'm at the point finally where I'm like I don't have to design like I am not a graphic designer I I'm glad that I know how. I'm glad that I can do those things and I know what looks good. And you're naturally creative too, though. So I'm (laughs) sure it was like, okay, well, like, even if you are not like, okay, this is my end game, it was something that... It was, yeah, yeah. So you were able to have, like, a creative outlet in that way. For sure, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it did help. And it it was good to always, you know, I would draw something and then I would be able to digitize it, which was a really cool process Mm -hmm. to be a part of. And, And then I was also, I think it mostly set me up to understand designers because then I'm like okay I know what they need to know Mm -hmm. so I can come talk to the client understand what they need translate it to my designer and she'll make it happen and that's what I did and so that'll (laughs) segue um so through working with the co-working space and networking with these people um I was brought into a magazine for the co-working space so principal investor has his like protege that's a whole nother story in and of itself. Uh, protege is like, yay, I'm done. Um, I would like to help you publish this magazine, Mr. Investor. Um, let me put a team together. And so he had a designer. He had another woman who said she was doing communications. And then they would start writing about the people within that co-working space. Mm-hmm. So they did one issue. And then they're like, hey, do you want to write something? We heard you're a writer. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know who said that, but yeah, okay. And so I would like start writing. Um, and then during, let's pause, during that time where I'm kind of contracted to write certain pieces for the magazine, I was hired by uh, an entrepreneur who had just moved to the West Coast from the East Coast and was like, hey, we're going to create a company called Driving to Save. And we're like, okay. And little startup, and he wanted to teach people how they could save money driving, essentially. Okay. And so we're like, okay, like in theory, great idea. And I'm like, okay, it's so like, what are you gonna do? And mm-hmm. he's like, well, like keep your tires pumped and like do this and do that and have this. And I'm like, okay, and how much is that gonna save me? $200 a year. A year? Like, excuse me? I'm like, yeah. do you understand? And so I'm like, okay, okay. And it was uh, myself and and one other employee who um, was he an engineering student? Gosh, why can't I think of what he did? Desmond, he's awesome. <laughs> but um, so it was he and I that like worked together, and we just we were running like tests on certain products, and like. So were all of the so were the connections that you made to like the driving thing, um, the the magazine and the co-working space. Of course, the co-working space kind of bridged that gap. Yeah. But were some of the connections made through that entrepreneurial class as well? Yes. Okay. So this driving one was, okay. it was like a friend of a friend or they were looking for someone and Rachel calls me up. She's like, I think you're going to be good for this. Like they're looking for someone who's super independent and like driven and focused. Ha <laughs> ha. <Driven>. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Bad. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I was like, okay, cool. I'll check it out. And like, I 
kind of need a job, so let's do it. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so I was, I'm game for anything at this point. And, but I, I like didn't really see his vision. Um, but I'm learning to work for someone again. And I'm like, okay, like let's process through this. Maybe he's right. He's right. He knows all these things we don't know. Mm-hmm. And we're like six months in. I don't actually know how many months in we were, but I feel like it was around six months. And Desmond and I are like, this is stupid. Yeah. Like, we're like, we're the millennials. We're the people he's trying to get. First of all, he's talking about millennials as if we're not millennials. He's yeah. talking about millennials as if he gets millennials. He does not. He's assuming, you know, he knows what they want. He does not. And like, so many things here. Like, we as young people can tell you, ask what they want right. or ask what they need before you assume. Yeah. And like, all of these things. So we knew he had missed this ship by a long shot no no research or like all right yeah. he's just like i'm smart i've got money and we're gonna teach people how to save money and i'm like by doing what we're already doing and we're not gonna stop doing it no matter what great good idea but your ideas don't save us enough money to make this worth it like right. roi baby yeah. so that didn't last very long and i was like i, I need to get the hell out of dodge i need to find a, a job mm-hmm. so the magazine at the time called the impact magazine for the impact hub um they had kept asking me to write more and more stories and i was like hey guys like great um but i'm looking for a full-time job and i just don't have time well let's let's see if we can hire you and so they made me an offer and they hired me as an independent contractor nice and i was like all right cool like in hindsight, I'm like, should have fought for W-2 uh, because I really got screwed over in taxes and I was too naive to know. First time around though. So like oh, learning the ropes. $10,000 later, like, Ugh. oh my gosh, I'm still very mad about yeah. that. But I finally reaped everything, you know, everything's come back. Um, and now you know, and now you can, yeah. And now I know. And now I won't be a uh, sleazy business owner when I, right. uh, when I hire people. So, so I'm working for this magazine and I'm, I'm loving it. They hire me and they're like communications director. And I'm like, okay. So another, um, I guess lesson in business ownership is titles. Mm-hmm. You know, who are you and what do you do? It's like, well, I wear all the hats. So just pick one. Yeah. Basically. And so um, I started as like kind of trying to figure out my role is. And then I realized I'm like, no one's actually doing anything. I'm like, all right, she's over here building partnerships, quote unquote. And which just means she's writing off fancy business lunches. Mm-hmm. And he's over here. He would sell some ads and make some partnerships, but less on the selling side more on like well I traded him for like this and I'm like I don't care if you're golfing like you know and and so I'm like okay okay like this is fine like we're still you know I don't they're paying me I don't need to know the books I'm just gonna sit here and question how they're making a profit oh wait they're not like all of that so I'm like okay Aaron do your job the designer's designing great (laughs) and so she and I would kind of work and like all right and then I'm realizing okay how are you identifying these stories? Like, I think that's a pointless story. I don't want to read that. Mm-hmm. Um, this magazine is foremost a print magazine, which we loved. Um, so it has to be really good quality. It has to look really nice. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. So I'm like, all right, if it's going to be print, great. But they're like, oh, it's a coffee table book. I said, hi, I know you're rich and and you just want to make a pretty book. But that's pointless. If I was an investor, I'd be pissed off because I'm like, I didn't just give you all this money to make a book to sit on a table that nobody looks at. Right. Make good content, make it intriguing. So I'm sitting here going like your content is horrendous. And you know, they've already written about all the interesting businesses in the space. I'm like, let's look beyond, let's make partners in the community. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so eventually we, we started to identify, well, I'd identify all these people. I'd go interview them. I have no experience in this, by the way. Yeah. I just, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write down some interview questions. I'm going to go talk to them and have a conversation like you and I are having. Right, right. Very conversational. I record it and go back later and I'm like, oh, this is good. And I type it up and I'm like, oh, it's a good quote and write it up. And honestly, I would go, hey, dad, can you read this? And yeah. he's a good writer too. And so he'd be like, oh yeah. And you know, he kind of helped me tweak my pieces, but I would identify the people I would interview. I would write about them. Half the time I would take their pictures and then I go, here, designer. Like, at some point, uh, you're like, communications director, yet I'm doing a little bit of everyone's yeah. job right now. This is a little outside of my job description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no one's teaching me how to negotiate or speak up for myself. Um, I, I feel, you know, I have a little bit of, I would say empathy, but it's not toward the people I was working for. It's 
toward the books yeah. <laughs> where I'm like, okay, so I think I know how much investment he's received. I know what it costs to produce this. And now what's, you know, they've hired me for, and they're probably getting that and that and that. So I'm like, I don't know how this is going to make it. So, okay, like let's produce this issue and let's make it good. And then we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, then that happened to the next issue. And I'm like, oh, I was like, I'm doing everything. I, you know, then I started doing support design for a designer and you also have to, I'm sure, like, during that time, you're like, am I the only one that's noticing this? Or, like, are other people yeah. seeing these red flags or having the same questions pop up that I have? Well, so it was a super small company. Mm-hmm. There's four people here. <laughs> and two of them are working. Yeah. Kind of. Like... Kind of. And, and they're not our resources to work with. They're not our shots to call. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the hardest part for me. And so like if someone looks at my CV and they're like, well, you were here for a year and you were here for a year. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I was. Mm-hmm. Because I like to work and I like to learn. And the more I learn and the more I work, the higher I get up. And then if I am not the owner of the company, I can't make those decisions or they're not willing to make the decisions to help us scale, mm-hmm. I, I have no motivation any longer. Yeah. And so, and that's why I move on. And that's how I kind of figured... I'm like, oh, maybe you are an entrepreneur and you can do this yourself. Yeah. Or you're like, why do I care so much about like improving everything? Like, right. oh, maybe it's because like I want to have more of a stake in in whatever's service, goods, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and I feel like I'm I'm shaping this vision and the purpose for this magazine all by myself, and I'm just convincing them that I'm right. Which, mm-hmm. okay, fun, but. I want the credit. Yeah. So let's be real. Yeah. So uh, let's see. I don't know if I did two or three issues with them and we came to a point where I think they had to change the name. I'm not sure if they got a cease and desist from another impact magazine or something okay. like that. Um, but so I worked on the branding, their rebranding and um, I came up with the, the name networked. Um, so it Which like, I love. That's so Thank great. you. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't even know how many hundreds of little stupid names I came up with. I was like, network just kind of sticks. Yep. And I ended up, um, oh, here's a Fort Atkinson. I ended up commissioning Levi Mills. Yes. You know the name? Yep, yeah. Yep. So I had followed him on Instagram, I think, or Facebook or something. And he has started um, through, I think it was pen and watercolor, doing um, fantasy maps. Yes. Which were, I loved them. I was like, this is so cool. And yep. I mean, I'm a road tripper. I'm a traveler. Like, any kind of map is cool. And then if it's, like, super custom and and it's like he does them in like a mini format so it's also like super impressive on like oh my gosh like how is he drawing like images so tiny and detailed yeah he drew them so small and then he would he literally make you know trees the size of like my toenail yeah and cut them out and put them on the map and i'm like what now i think he does a lot of it digitally which is great just to watch him grow through that but i was like this is the coolest thing and that's what's going on my cover and um and so i had this whole plan i was like all right we rebranded this and i have the vision that this is going to be a co-working magazine that's where we started that's where we're going we need to scale like investors need to see scale it's been three issues now and we're doing nothing Mm -hmm. and so they're like well how are we going to distribute i'm like i'm going to take a road trip so I took a road trip. I was like, I identified all these co-working spaces. It, it was a lot harder. Like, it's really hard to do that by yourself. Yeah. Just in general, a lot harder than I thought it would be. And I'm really glad I did it. And I'm really glad, like, they allowed me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, they're not paying me crap anyway. And I just had to pay my life away in taxes. So this is the least you can do for me. Yeah. But I built a lot of partners um, personally and, and professionally. And so... I brought boxes. I mean, probably like 30 boxes of magazines, uh, rented a car, had my dog in the front seat and yeah. went from Santa Barbara to Flagstaff to, I don't know, somewhere in Texas. <laughs> to, so yeah. did you have, so the, you had the stories like ready, published, yeah. put in the magazine, mm-hmm. magazine gets printed in yep. California. And then the road trip was the method for like distributing it correct. all to co-working spaces throughout the U.S. Yes, correct. Okay. And okay. specifically independently owned co-working spaces. Nice. So this is right at that pivotal time where everyone's like, we work like you're valued at 30 billion or, or maybe it was like 15 billion. They're getting another 30 like infused. And we're like, yeah why? Because I'm sitting here going, I know what WeWork actually is. And they're a real estate company. Yes. You know, yeah. they, they, they buy properties. They sit there empty. You just are making bank on Apple, Lyft, Google, like whoever needs your, your space on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And you can just charge them through the nose for that. But 
you're a real estate company and your people suck. They don't want to work for you. Mm -hmm. And you rarely have actual small businesses or individuals using your space. Which led to the insane crush and like downfall. Hello. So independent workspaces were kind of the target audience of that. Because WeWork was kind of killing them because when people thought co-working, they thought WeWork and we're like, no, 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 no. Yes. Did they defined co-working, I think, or they at least kind of gave us that foundation, Mm -hmm. but for all the independent spaces that were really supporting their community, they were working extra hard to get out of that like we work mindset. Yeah. So So they, so you take this massive road trip and I remember um, like maybe just social media Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I'm like, wow, this is like truly a cross country road trip because you were bouncing all over. (laughs) So you distribute the magazines and then was was the idea like you were giving a large amount to the co-working spaces and then like members there would then have the publication? Yeah. So each box I think had... 60 magazines or mm-hmm. so in it and so I would just bring a box per co-working space depending on how large they were mm-hmm. and um and so yeah so I kind of did that and then I would give them a card you know whatever build that network our first so this also transitions into 26 and over yeah um this is kind of where the idea started. Yeah. Um, I wanted to create a co-working association and so that was like okay we got a co-working magazine okay what can we and through like advertising so you get your advertisers and i hate magazines with a rolex on the back mm-hmm. well and and i know that's how the magazine industry works you just you're selling ad space to whoever the hell will take it and rolex has a crap ton of money to throw at you great mm-hmm. i don't want to see that if it's a, especially if it's like a local or regional magazine or a niche magazine i want to see local i want to see something that i'm like oh i'm gonna go buy that like yeah oh relating sweet. to the readers yeah. yeah yeah and like referral blah 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 and so I specifically wanted to partner with local companies that either had a national or regional reach or just local companies that needed to have exposure. And that's what a lot of our stories were too. So if they didn't fit as an ad, they'd be a story and vice versa. Okay. So through looking at what I could do with a magazine and the exposure we can get for our advertisers, those small companies and individuals with incredible products, I'm like, well, we could make this national via an association where instead of just like, a local publication it's a some sort of some sort of like national community of co-working spaces that can all they all have a reason to exist in a certain platform in some space like I didn't know what that looked like yep. I knew hey an association is the best thing to call it but I'm like okay well what are we missing like I mean 90% I think of the people in co-working space are independent contractors and probably even more so now because there's a lot of people working from home Mm -hmm. um their jobs are transitioning from w-2s people want to start their own businesses all that and I'm like well no one has benefits or few do or if they do they're paying a crap ton for them so then I'm like okay well out of all the benefits what is most beneficial probably health insurance Mm -hmm. um it's a screwed up thing in our country and everyone knows that um but we also have really good healthcare options. Mm-hmm. You just have to pay so much for them. If you are not so expensive. Yeah. If you're not married to someone who has really good benefits, um, or I mean, pretty much that, or you're not really wealthy and can pay for the best of the best, yeah. you're shopping in the open marketplace, which is still like the cheapest plans are gonna be for catastrophic catastrophic events. I want to break my arm and not lose my business. Yeah. I don't want to break my arm. <laughs> and it's something too, like, and obviously that's how, like, it popped up in in your mind too. But it's the, a, an issue that everyone in that scenario is running into, where it's like everyone yes. that's trying to do something independently, trying to go off on their own, they're all running into the same issue of like right. um, feeling like it's not a secure option yep. because of things like the lack of or not lack of medical insurance, but like the high cost of it. And then it's like, okay, well, is it worth it for me to go off and do this? Right. This, um, you know, thing outside of a large corporation, like when it could potentially be a personal risk. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly. And so people, um, I mean, for instance, more recently, my, my dad came to me and he's like, yeah, there's, you know, this woman who works in my office and, she really doesn't like her job, but you know, so we're like, well, why don't you retire or quit? She's like, well, my husband owns his own business. And so he needs insurance through me. Mm. And I'm like, ah, I was like, I know that's the story of so many individuals. Yes. So many. And like, honestly, this sounds so bad. 
I'd get married for for the benefits right now. There you, go. <laughs> you you have like on um on like Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, whatever in your bio, you're like really just looking for someone with great benefits and a steady friends job. with benefits. Wait a second, <laughs> actual health benefits. <laughs> so I know it sounds horrible. I have like zero plans to get married and have kids or whatever. And so I'm like, if I if I have but any if motivation, got a good benefits plan. <laughs> so yes. I'm like half serious, but hey, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we know it's a huge issue. And I am sitting here at 27 and I don't have health insurance. Mm-hmm. And you know who hates that more probably than myself is my parents. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why don't you do something about it? No, no, no. We don't want that. I'm like, yeah. what are my options to pay a crap ton? For maybe preventative healthcare, like I want to be able to go have a physical and mm-hmm. just know that I'm okay because I'm I'm I have no pre-existing conditions. I'm young. I'm healthy. I'm active. Mm-hmm. Like that should not cost me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. go see a doctor once a year. And also, it's like just a, a like peace of mind. Like if something were yes. to happen, yes, it would be nice to know that I can make an appointment, roll into a clinic, whatever, have my insurance right. card and I'm good to go. Right. That I have something to fall back on. Exactly. And so, yeah. And so I had, I, I was 24, 25. At the, I must have been 25 around that time. Took my cross-country road trip, paid a crap ton of taxes, hated, now just loved who I worked for. Loved the magazine that I felt that I created and rebranded. Mm-hmm. And so I feel stuck. I'm like, well, now they own this thing that I created. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to buy it. I was like, I've got no choice. I, I don't have any money because I just paid it all in tax, but I'm going to figure out. I'm going to buy it. And I told him that. I was like, hi, I'm quitting. And like, this is not working for me. And I want the magazine that I like, I want the name. Yeah. Then I like, I think you owe that to me or whatever. So after lots of negotiations, I got it for $5,000. Nice. So I so felt the, really good. The company or the name? Uh, I mean, technically both. I made okay. Ma- well, so the name, yep. I I didn't. The company wasn't anything, but it a was brand. Just people, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, the company it was a brand that made a magazine, and so I bought the brand. Yeah. And made my own magazine. Nice. But like, it wasn't so networked. Like, okay, that's a good question. The company was Rivy Productions, or who they changed their name a million times but i believe that was yes that was a production company and then the product essentially was the magazine so the impact magazine so then the product was networked magazine so i guess there were no issues of like what i'm buying let's say i'm buying a product um to me it was a brand to me it was my magazine to me it was a business Mm -hmm. so i just bought the magazine and then formed an llc out of it just so i could like have some sort of so now that's kind of my catch-all business right now of like if i'm doing any um, contracting. I run all my marketing and business development stuff through there. Nice. Um, so I just had a business entity to do that through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so here's the thing though, the, the, the magazine was worth nothing. I mean, I don't think they ever profited. Mm-hmm. So I really, it, they should have been paying me. Yes, but like from a credit standpoint, <laughs> but too, yes. you're like, I built this from, like, I have ownership of these oh, yeah. ideas. Like, I want to have something, like, concrete to prove my contributions yes. to this brand, this product. Right. And, and I mean, it's worth a lot more than that to me, personally. Right. But I'm like, if I can walk away. Like, they, I think they started, like, 30000 or something. I was like, this is asinine. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know how much. Yeah, you're right. I know how much it costs you to produce it. that's not what it's worth honey yeah like no and so anyway walked away five thousand not only was it five thousand dollars it was five thousand dollars in ten one month installments oh gosh (laughs) so like come on like they know it's worthless yeah and so i'm like whatever fine i'll play the damn game i I played it okay Mm -hmm. so i've got my magazine now i'm like hi COVID. Okay. I guess that was like maybe a year later, but still I was like, hi COVID. Like I've got this print magazine and I can't do anything with it. Okay. Where do I go from here? Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, I fast forward a lot. I miss a lot of stuff in there, but what kind of happened in this last year of, of being in California was I left the, the business like environment that was toxic to me honestly Mm -hmm. and I just resented so much I was like do I even want to be an entrepreneur is this what it looks like to be a business owner like 
so many, I, I watch a lot of people take advantage of their employees, but yeah. I also see a lot of good business owners and I see a lot of great ideas. And I was like, okay, Erin, being an entrepreneur just means that you have an idea and you're, it's worth the risk, mm-hmm. whatever that risk may be. Like that's very broad, but you have an idea and you want it to come to fruition or you want to at least try mm-hmm. and you're willing to risk this to get there. That was it. So I used Networked LLC to continue. I had marketing clients. I had some graphic design clients. Mm-hmm. Did that to really pay the bills. I bartended at Lokita. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. Like they, that was my family. Those were my people. Because otherwise I didn't leave my, my house. <laughs> also think about the amount of people that you meet bartending in any given evening. Oh, like, yes. So of course like, okay, you're doing that for a job for like supplemental yeah. income. But also like great actual networking of yeah. hey like you know uh somebody orders a drink you're chit-chatting you're like well I actually have like my own LLC I do this yep. I do graphic design on the side I do like uh, marketing work and then meeting people that way yeah I gained a client doing exactly that so yeah so I did get to network there I just have a lot of great people I got to eat good food yes. I got to learn new things and just like it was a gin bar so we had like 30 36 gins at Ooh. one time. Yeah. And so, and then I walked around some good cocktail recipes. Yeah, yeah. So, that um, we're enjoying now. But yeah, that's so, right. <laughs> yeah. So, you were doing, you had networked, you did the bar. Yes. Yes. And so, and then I just, I'm always having ideas and, and whatnot. And so, it was around the time I was, I was just bartending, um, had marketing clients. And then I was like, okay, well, I think it was like December, January of tw- so like 2019, 2020. And I was like, oh, my finances are not where they should be now that I'm 25, 26. Mm-hmm. And I like, I always feel like I'm struggling for cash. And honestly, a, a millennial in California who's not married without a good gig, like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. And it's a very expensive place to live in yeah. general. So yeah. my, my brother moved out there with me. He was there for a year and a half. So our the place we ended up was a two bed, two bath, upstairs unit. Right downtown, it was three thousand dollars a month. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. So yeah, um, to put it in perspective, so I'm like, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna move to Nashville. I had a client there, and I was like, it's just time. Well, I put in my two weeks. My brother put in his two weeks, and literally the day after my last day, California shut down, and everyone in that restaurant group went on unemployment. And so it just was like this really special, cool thing that worked out. And we were like, well, we, it's time to get out. Yeah. We would not have been able to afford rent. We would not have, like, we wouldn't have had our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm sure whoever my clients were locally, like, wouldn't have really been able to afford me or anything. So left at a good time. And then I'm like, I'm going to Nashville. I'm in Oklahoma City. And I'm like, north or east? North or east? And I'm like, all right, well, the country shutting down we're on this quarantine thing Mm -hmm. I guess I'll like spend it with my family instead of being in a new place so I come back to Wisconsin during COVID I'm like all hope is lost I have no job I'm living with my parents like oh like woe is me and like I just I I went out west to kind of do my own thing and now oh now I'm being brought back and I've got a magazine that's not doing anything because I have no money I have this idea that I think should be good but I've got no one and no place to go and like, yeah. you know, and, and so, yeah, so I became a realtor that got me out of my funk in August mm-hmm. where I was like, all right, let's have some income here. This is fun. We can sell houses. Yeah. Happens to be a really great time to be a realtor. Well, it was getting back in the workforce to be like, okay, and, and all realtors are independent contractors. Mm-hmm. hey you know what we all whine about? Not having good health insurance. Yeah. So, you know, I looked at WRA, um, Wisconsin Realtors Association, and was like, what do they offer? And they basically are like, here, go here. And it's essentially a white label for the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, hey, we're going to, uh, what do they, what do they call them? They're like a concierge. Okay. I'm like, I, I'm not going to pay more so you can get a commission on it. Like, no. And because insurance is all commission based. So I was like, I'm going to work directly with a broker who's going to identify, like I give him my demographics. I bring him the people and then they figure out what plan they can get us. Best plan for these prices. Give them a couple options. And the more people we have, the lower the prices go. And then I'll get a a slice. Like I'm not in it for the money. This is why no one's done it before because they're like, oh, there's overhead. There's money. You need to have this. No, 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 no. This is my side gig. Literally selfishly. So I can, I can have insurance. I was going to say, it's, it's a solution for a problem that you personally Correct. have, but other people that you know of or are connected with, like, are running into the same thing. Yes. So you're like, 
okay, is this something that I'm like leading, taking ownership of? Yes, but it also like benefits me because it's a, it's something that I need. I yes. need insurance. Yeah. Exactly. And so for me, you know, my my dad's my biggest cheerleader and also a good critic of mine when I have an idea. He's like, Aaron, I don't know. Mm-hmm. This one, he's like, Aaron, this is, I think this is your idea. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Great. Like. I love the encouragement, but I, it also doesn't need to be this big thing for me. I'm like, if I can get Wisconsin, if I can get this region and I, I can get this critical mass where our prices are like really good and everyone's mm-hmm. really happy with their health insurance, I, I feel like I have succeeded. Yeah. And if that encourages other people like me in other states to do it for their own state, fabulous. Mm-hmm. Like I am not in it to be like, woohoo, I got the whole world. Yeah. If I could go state by state and, and fight regulations and to make it easier and easier after, you know, the more states I accumulate fantastic that's a great goal I would love to do that but for now I will start with Wisconsin (laughs) for now I will not only start with Wisconsin I will start with Fort Atkinson Wisconsin yeah so I'm not gonna go into I know it's so silly to even say this but like I'm not gonna go into every detail because I I don't want it to be replicated just yet and I don't want to jinx it because I it hasn't quite launched but we are like very small steps away Nice. And yeah, and you released, um, you had shared, you did like a promo video yeah. kind of explained. So you had released that I think in April. Yep. So that kind of generated like when that popped up, I'm like, she's doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I actually got that recorded last Feb- February, 2020. Um, it was this guy who I think he's like five or six years older than us went to Wheaton college Okay. and Ended up working for uh, PMKBNC, which is one of the large marketing firms in LA. Nice. Um, like, I'm pretty sure they did like Matthew McConaughey Lincoln commercial, like that. That I don't know if they exactly did that, but like that caliber of stuff. Yes. And he ended up um, leaving there to be a partner of a smaller production company um, called Anaheim Studios, and they just—it's Hollywood production. I mean, they still—I think they do like Pepsi, not Pepsi and Coke, Coke. I don't know more big names yes, very recognizable yeah I'm brands. like I don't want to like tell them all these things they're doing they're not doing but big recognizable yeah. names and incredible production so then I like I done a story on uh he and one of his business partners for something else and he was like hey I just want to let you know I've got this thing called spotlight sessions so I mean to get Hollywood production someone was going to pay a uh production company a minimum of ten thousand dollars a day that's minimum that's like talking head video looking at you Talk, talk, talk. I'm going to give you a two-minute video. Yeah. That's what it costs for, like, a day of someone's production work. That's wild. So he goes, instead, I would like to go to co-working spaces or something where we can have 10 companies and we do an hour of time. They pay us $1,000 and we'll produce a video for them. And I was like, oh, that's great. because that's another thing like when it comes to marketing and all that stuff like that's pricey Mm -hmm. and if your company doesn't have that talent or access to that equipment it's not going to be that quality yeah so I reached out to him I was like hey like I I need this and he's like hey great and I remember going down I was sicker than a dog like I I love watching the video and I'm like I'm healthy and I'm like no you're not you have like a whole bottle of day quill like (laughs) but it was it was funny it was just ironic but um but yeah so I I had someone do my hair and makeup and I literally drove down to Hollywood I guess it was it was like Beverly Hills actually either way is that gonna make a noise (laughs) it was like so well done like so polished it was like I was like damn that is a professional (laughs) promo well right it's something I never could have done for myself I'm like this is a really cool video Mm -hmm. and so I just held on to it I'm sitting there I'm like Aaron you failed and it's like I talked to all these people like like Peggy is like Aaron when when are you gonna get insurance and I was like I I don't know like I'm not going to I'm like pity party I was like Aaron you paid for this video just put it out there and see what happens the worst that happens is everyone just like okay whatever yeah if there's interest in it then you you're gonna run your ass off and make it happen yes and so there happened to be interest and I've found some other solutions to some other problems because now I've put it out there that I kind of have to like I have that motivation to be like I will do this for you um yeah also like self-accountability where you're like okay I'm gonna put this out into the world and then I like actually have to follow up with it or like exactly updates and share like what yeah. is kind of coming of the whole idea yeah so like yeah. i said i'm gonna do it so now crap i gotta do it yeah. so yeah that's awesome so starting like locally getting some interest mm-hmm. in fort and then we'll kind of stay tuned for what's next yeah yeah like, for sure yeah, yeah so it'll definitely be fort and then i'm just gonna go by region by county and region and nice. state and 
If people want to check out 26 and over, where can they find more information? Yeah, they can go to 26andover.com. And 26 is just a two and a six. Um, I actually, I built out this whole website the like a year or whatever ago and then I scaled it down to like a page nice. I was uh talking to someone he was like this is a good idea but I looked at your website and I don't get it and I'm like good point I'm like we're not even ready for that yet so I put one page and it is just to gather information it is a, it's an inquiry page where you can say hey this is who I am I am a business owner this is how many employees I have and I'm interested in what your insurance offerings are and like Mm -hmm. that's it um I don't have time to send you a newsletter (laughs) I don't have time to sell your crap you know like it's so annoying putting your email down like and and not not just because I don't want to do that to you but because I cannot (laughs) like I couldn't care less (laughs) how that works so um but yeah 26never.com um everything else is just like honestly for me personally until I get this last piece of the puzzle locked in there um I do have a Facebook page and again I'll probably be posting on that more when this is like actually live live Mm -hmm. um but yeah so I'm hoping in the next month to get the answers I need um as soon as I get that and do a demographic study it'll be anywhere from 90 days to six months till I actually have a plan for people to purchase Mm -hmm. um but the goal is to have it before the end of the year Awesome. Yeah. Yay, that's so exciting. <laughs> we like we covered so much. I think we were going for like almost an hour. And oh a half. my gosh. But, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Everybody go check out 26 and over. Check out networked, the whole shebang. Um, but we will have to have you come back on and Heck chat yeah. like, you know, once everything is live and how things are going. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would love to. Awesome. Thanks for joining me, Erin. Yeah, thanks, Mara.